Good afternoon, folks. It's that time of the day again. Time for the elephant in the room on WJAS 1320 AM and FM 99.1 Talk. This is your host, Sam DeMarco, uh, joined today in studio by the our producer, Dazzling Daryl Grandy. And Daryl, <laughs> today is going to be different because usually I say, joined in studio by my trusty executive director, John Schneider. But John is on a secret mission yeah. behind enemy lines. A special assignment, too. Yes, he's wow. spe- special assignment, absolutely. Let's hope he makes it through okay. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I'm confident that I, I, I hope that he comes through safe. I just hope he doesn't hope to see it reflected in the paycheck. If he's all blue and he comes back, we're in trouble. There you go, a- a- absolutely. Well, hey, listen, I, I, I'll give him double what I make, okay? So, hey, you yeah, know. Well, but no, folks, we really do have a great show for you today. Because as we're getting close, uh, you know, we're 10 days away, or less than 10 days away from the general election here on November 7th, and I'm joined in studio by our current district attorney and candidate for district attorney this year, Steve Zapala. Steve, thank you so much for taking time. Thanks. Welcome sir. to the show. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for the opportunity. Well, listen, uh, we're, we're happy to have you here. And you know, Steve, I think we, we've seen here over the, this past year, a lot of folks they're busy raising their families, they're working their jobs, they're taking care of their kids and athletics and things like that. Now people are starting to pay attention to this election oh, and yeah. starting to see what's at stake. What are you finding out there? Oh, the Sam, trail? there's no doubt. I, I, you know, as part of the job, part of my job, mm-hmm. I, had, I cover a pretty large section of ground, Allegheny County, 750 square miles. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, people want to vote. Everywhere I go, people are excited about, you know, the prospects of certain changes being made, especially in the executive position. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, you know, and I had a chance, I was with uh, Joe Rocky the other day, and we were talking to some people, quite, quite, you know, a lot of people, and I said, I said, the first thing that I think you, ha- you guys have to consider is that Joe's opponent is talking about taxation, and she's talking about taxing or raising taxes, and she has no idea about the efficiencies or inefficiencies of, of our government. Right. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And then to talk about reassessments, oh, the last time we did that, and personally I think that the, the real estate tax structure, I think it's unconstitutional because it's unfair. Right. Um, but in any event, she's talking about reassessments. That's going to hurt so many people on fixed income if, if, uh, if they go down that path or try to go down that path. So I think there, that is, in and of itself, <laughs> I think people should go out and, and strongly consider voting for Joe. I mean, well, he, he gets it. Well, I can tell you, for one of the things that I've seen going to both your events and his events is while, from a national political perspective, parties are divided and people are, you know, they're, they're going to these opposite sides of the room, okay? Yes. And when I go to your events or when I go to his events— I'm blown away because it's Republicans, Democrats, and Independents all there together because they're concerned about the same thing we all are, which is the future of our county because it's where we live. And, and I think you guys have done a great job of bringing people together. Thank you. And, and, and you know, I, I, I'm giving you folks the credit, but I don't know if you deserve 100% of the credit or if some of the credit or blame should go to your opponents who are so far to the left. <laughs> They're, they're forcing. They're, they're forcing this collaboration. It, it's it would be a joke, but it's it's so dangerous. You know the mm-hmm. things they're talking about. They're they're crushing cities all across the country, and we're we're not we're not an experiment. I mean uh, that 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 ship has sailed. We're here. We're taking care of business. But to address the issue uh, about people coming together, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, we share a common personality in a sense that. We're we're centrist. I'm, I'm talking about Joe. Right. We're centrist, and we have discussions, and we listen to everybody. 
I've never been a politician. I don't really want to be, be a right, politician. Right. My discussions are with the community about their criminal justice system. They tell me what to do. I'm, the, I'm their attorney. And that, mm-hmm. that has been our relationship for uh, six, six terms. And it's worked well for our county. Unfortunately, over the last couple of years, the city has changed direction in terms of their politics. And it really is a divisive uh, situation. And it's, it's led to very, very serious consequences. Mm-hmm. Nothing we can't handle. I th- but I do need a partner. I, I, <laughs> I need the county executive to be a partner. I can't have somebody that uh, uh, really doesn't understand public safety. And that's something that you've made clear. You know, your opponent... Uh who goes out there and tries to cast blame or aspersions at your record and say, well, you know, these, this crime that we've had in the last few years has been under Steve's watch, so you must be at fault. But, you know, I try to explain to people that criminal justice, I mean, really, there's at least, there's like four components. You have to have elected officials that are going to allow the police to do their job. Yes. Only yeah. if the police <clears throat> can enforce the laws and arrest them can you then get involved. To well, take and prosecute them. Normally, normally. What, what, mm-hmm. what he's creating, what the, what the mayor is creating downtown, and it, it is his police department. Um, if you do not want your guys to enforce the law, and we continue to move in this direction, I am not going to let us become like Philadelphia. I mean, the violence is sufficiently concerning right now mm-hmm. that a lot of people are scared to come downtown. I can't let it get much worse. So, unfortunately, we have to go through an election. I don't want to do things that are deemed just to be political. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I did, for instance, consider suing the city Mm -hmm. (laughs) several months ago. Uh, It's not the right time for that. Um, And I don't know that, you know, I don't know that that will work. But um, that would be an extraordinary means to come in and take over policing. Well, I I think for the people, for our listeners that are listening out there, you know, I think that there is a great opportunity here. I mean, uh, obviously, I have a bias. You know, because I believe you're the best man for the job. I believe Joe Rocky is the best man for well, the job. Thank you, Sam. But I believe if you two are elected here on November seventh, that presents us the opportunity then to then go to the mayor. Not, I don't want to say an ultimatum, but basically, you know, a, a a offer to work together with him by helping him share what best practices have been nationwide that helped bring crime in under control. Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. Here's one thing. I, mm-hmm. I have you and uh, Bob Palmasino on county council, and you guys are like, you know, my stars. But uh, And whenever I need anything, I call you. So <laughs> you're probably getting tired of taking my calls. Um, we can form an authority. Uh, I call it whatever you want, an entertainment authority. So I'm thinking about the south side. Uh-huh. So all these businesses down there, we can form something. The county can adequately fund it. I'll take care of policing. I'll take care of uh, major crimes I, as long as I have, uh, you know, the appropriate number of police. I want the Pittsburgh police to be my partners. Right. Right now, I, I think the admin, mayor's administration doesn't want that to happen. Well, these folks, they're, they're undermanned. Yes. Okay, they're, they're, they're at least 140 under what their budgeted staffing is. And, yes. I mean, it was just a couple years ago, it was 1,100. And, and for many of our older listeners who were here in the mid-'90s, there were 2,000. Yeah. 2,000 officers in the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, and now they're down under 770. Yeah, and with the advent of technology, probably the right number is about 1,200. Yeah. In fact, I sat down with uh, Bob Schwartzwalder and those guys at the FOP the other day, and the number that they have is 792 guys that are active. Okay. But 270 of those guys can leave tomorrow. Right. And then they're being recruited. Their officers are being recruited by every municipal police department in western Pennsylvania. So, I mean— it's great that we're turning out some very good police officers from the city of Pittsburgh. 
it kind of it's it's a really bad situation that they're looking or people are coming in to poach them. But what folks need to understand is even though we say, and let's say use the number 774, okay? If we say there's 774 officers there, uh, that's total in the entire department. You're looking at only 300 that are on the street. Yeah. You know, as patrol officers citywide. That's that's correct. Okay. Yes. So, and then you're talking about shifts and you're talking about, you know, 24 by seven, seven days a week. So folks, coverage is, is stretched thin. So if we want to impact this crime problem, and we'll talk about it, but like my ideas are we got to have an elected official who tells the police, enforce the law, let's go after the most dangerous offenders, the most violent offenders first, okay? Let's clean it up, and then your office is able to prosecute them, and then we're able to take, and we need to let our judges know that these folks need to be held accountable. If we do that, if we do that, I think we can clean this up and we can make Allegheny County one of the safest counties in the nation. It's going to take some public relations after that. I mean, we will, we we can absolutely, we can clean this up and it won't take, if I know what assets I can count on using, Mm -hmm. then it won't take long to, to get the appropriate result. But once we do, then there's a public relations aspect of this because just because it is safe doesn't mean people will feel safe. Right. So now we got a lot of goodwill to extend. And I think I think the way the business community, quite frankly, has been treated downtown and the merchants is just is just terrible. They they just get no attention. Nobody that in government's not listening to them. And it, it, I, I don't know, Sam. I just I don't understand that. Steve, we had this is back in June. Allegheny County Council had a public hearing on the proposed closure of the Smithfield Street shelter because businesses across downtown yes. were complaining yes. about the issues they were facing down there with not it's not they weren't complaining about homeless folks they were complaining about the open air drug markets and the crime yes. and the overdoses and the aggressive panhandling and all the other things that were occurring but we had for that meeting we had like 76 people sign up to speak and i couldn't tell you i would say probably at least a third of those folks got up there and in their in their speech talked about how they didn't care about the rights of the business owners. They didn't care about the rights of the residents. All they cared about was the rights of the folks that were downtown, and they weren't looking to actually be compassionate and help them. You get the folks that are suffering from mental illness help yeah. or substance abuse help, but it's like you just leave them alone and let them be. And, and that's our core business district and these people are pay taxes they employ people i mean it's it's i, I you know i was oh, they, flabbergasted they've stabilized the city's tax base forever yeah and now you you're going to ignore them i mean yes. that's just that's just poor business um i think sam you know i, I feel strongly about this your rights stop when you start infringing on other person's rights um that is the basis of a, of criminal justice I think the people downtown being homeless should not be a criminal matter. But on the other hand, it has created an open-air drug market. I don't know why all these people came here. I know that uh, Mayor Peduto decided to make us a sanctuary city when we weren't ready to be a sanctuary. Whatever that means, we weren't ready to do that. (coughs) Housing is not not appropriate for the type of population that's here. And I Mm -hmm. say that in a sense that we don't know how many people are here who have mental health issues. We don't know how many people are here who have substance abuse issues. Indication from the, the from the street uh, from our street guys is quite a few people do. So we got to figure that out. How how we don't you don't arrest somebody. It's it, it'd be a righteous arrest. You don't arrest them for say 
public uh, lewdness. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and you just process them. You give them a citation and, and they walk. You got to know more about them. So there, there are some really good agencies like Family Links, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, who, who transition people into the community or out of the community. And, and uh, uh, we're thinking outside the box in, to, in terms of who we can help, who, who we can bring to help. But that's another area, Sam. I don't know why the people of the city of Pittsburgh or the people of Allegheny County have to foot the bill to take care of people that have no nexus to the to our to our public to the public they don't live here they don't pay taxes they don't work here i i i don't know why that's our responsibility well and and i don't think it is and i think that's one of the things that i've been arguing with about in in regards to being on county council okay is you know we want absolutely want to help the people from our community oh sure okay yeah and i would love to help people and from other communities. Unfortunately, resources are finite. Yes. Okay? And we need to focus on the folks that are from here. And and I've heard you talk before, and this has been relayed to me by police officers, but, you know, and before Peduto started this, probably, you know, four or five years ago, okay, uh, we used to have a population of homeless in the 250, 300 uh, person range. Yes, and correct. we had adequate shelter through county resources to provide shelter Absolutely. for those folks. The police knew who many of them were by names. They would pick them up. And take them across the river to drop them off at Light of Life Ministries or wherever. Right, okay, right. but when the mayor came and started making this a sanctuary city and talking about everybody is welcome, then you started having people homeless coming from elsewhere, coming from other cities and other jurisdictions because we had a very permissive atmosphere here where we weren't enforcing the laws. And you know, I talk to uh, other elected officials like in California where they're suffering from homeless, and they talk about. Oh, you, you you need to enforce the laws. And many of the people, they don't want to be hassled. So if you're enforcing the law, they'll just go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is our pulling back and not enforcing the ordinances and things that we have in place on nuisance laws or you know uh, things of that nature have allowed this to grow. And now it, we've become a destination and we're not adequately equipped to be able to deal with it. Well, you're not helping these people coming here. Mm-hmm. By, but if you're going to take that position, you're not helping these people because whether they want it, they want the drugs or whether they, they're, uh, they're being exploited by you know, nickel and dime drug dealers, there is a market that has been created that we didn't have before. So, yeah, that absolutely – and that can be eradicated fairly quickly. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we need to work on that. But, uh, you know, you're <clears> – <throat> going back to your campaign here, your opponent uh, from the public defender's office – He's being supported to the tune of over a million dollars from a far-left billionaire named George Soros. Now, yes. I, I don't care whether you're on the right or the left or the center. Or, you know, Everyone has a right to be able to participate in the political process, to be able to put money out there. But what strikes me is that this guy has a pattern. You know, In at least over 40 races that I'm aware of, they come in and fund these far-left public defenders in jurisdictions and they take and fund them in a primary. They hope to win the primary because they do it in like urban areas where typically the winner of the Democratic Party would then get elected. And then all of a sudden, public safety goes to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I'm talking folks like Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore, Philadelphia. These are all Soros-funded yeah. public defenders, yes. okay? Yes. So, you know, I, I you, you listen to me on the radio. I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, and I'm out there debating people and carrying on in social media. I challenged him in his campaign. Give me one example, just one, 
One example of where Soros has funded a public defender for the position of district attorney where public safety has improved. Just one. And folks, I mean, it's 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 not just crickets. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, that's what it's I'm saying. space. It's, it's dangerous, man. Yes. These guys are dangerous in what they're talking about. And they've never my, – my opponent, he's <laughs> – He's he's a uh, he's a director in the in the county in mm-hmm. in, in uh, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald's administration. Your obligation typically is you maintain the budget. <laughs> you don't go over budget. They don't make policy. They they're not involved in planning. Uh, when we when we do decide we're going to do something, they are directed to do something. So I right. mean, it's just it's just I don't know. All of a sudden now you got the the caboose trying to run the train. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it does. And, 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 you know, I mean, you have the, the far left is pushing for what they term as criminal justice reform. But it's not reform. I mean, you could call it coddling, okay? And they want to get rid of cash bail. Now, Steve, do you want to explain the process to our listeners sure. about sure. how every, every magistrate or district judge who orders cash bail, those decisions are reviewed, Yes. you know, to ensure that that isn't being abused. You want to explain that to our listeners? Sure, yeah. Um, when, when somebody is arrested, mm-hmm. um, you go through the bail process and the booking process. Um, there is a, a division of the courts called pretrial services. And what they do is when somebody now comes before a magistrate on a bail consideration, we have very objective criteria that we actually developed here in Allegheny County and were adopted statewide. And so you look at those criteria, and then they make a recommendation. So first year law, you know, you learn that bail, the two main issues in bail is, one, are you going to show for the hearing, the next court proceeding, and two, are you a danger to the public? So in, uh, we had, oh, this was, Sam, this is a worst case scenario. This was one of those ultra political activist, um, I don't know what the hell they are, progressive, mm-hmm. you know, prog- judges, magistrates. His right. name's Orenstein. Mm-hmm. So Ornstein has this case, and hit, and some guy comes in with 10 kilo. We grab him with 10 kilos at the uh, bus station downtown. It was the 10th time, 10 different operations that we've taken drugs off of the bus station downtown just this year. I mean, some major, major right. hits. 10 kilos can kill a lot of people. It, 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 it could have killed every single man, woman, and child in the city of Pittsburgh. It could have, yes. yes. And, and by the way, two, almost two families a day in our county suffer some kind of tragedy, or the worst tragedy, from opiate overdoses. Mm-hmm. Almost two families a day. So if you yep. compare that to the number of homicides in, in the city of Pittsburgh. It's and ten Alabama, times. Yep. Ten times the number. So it's just, it's just, it's crazy. But anyway, so this guy comes in, we take him off, and he goes before this magistrate. The magistrate lets him walk. And um, so they ignore the recommendation of the bail agency, another division of the court. One division of the court makes right. a recommendation to another division of the court, the magistrate. He ignores their recommendation. He does what he does. The courts, unfortunately, this is over a holiday weekend, don't communicate the disposition of the judge until maybe three or four days later. And that's not a criticism. That's just that's what happens. How the process works, right. Yeah. Now, I've changed that. but that, um, So this guy, the minute he, he left the jail, he's in the wind, and we're not going to find a guy. So what I did is we have what they're called, they're called warrant offices. My guys are on, on, on the job 24-7. Unfortunately, crime is on the job 24-7, right. too. That's why we had to do that. So with the court administrator's office, I said, look, we have people that are available all the time. Let's, let's electronically communicate as soon as the magistrate makes a decision. I want to know about it. 
or somebody who's on any 24 hours a day. Somebody will know exactly what the disposition of that judge was so that we know what, what you have to do to protect the public. And so we've made that change. And it was easy. It's electronic. It's using technology. But you're working with people. The best thing about the case, about that matter, we took the 10 keys off the streets. They're not going to kill a single person. Well, and, and that's the good thing. Uh, so, but, but that, while that's a positive, and I expressed this when this decision was made, when this happened, my, oh, disappoint, yeah, my disappointment lies in the fact that while we were able to take the drugs off the street, because this guy was able to go into the wind and flee, we weren't able to take down the drug dealers that those drugs were intended to go to. Yes. Now, there may be, I don't know if there's a correlation between this or not. So in in my capacity as district attorney, I get information from the medical examiner's office all the time. For the 45-day period, both, I think, half before and half after Ornstein's decision, the number of deaths we had in Allegheny County from opiate overdoses was about 114 people in 45 days. So if wow. you do the math, now we're more than two people. Right. More than two families a day are realizing right. tragedy. I mean, that is just unacceptable. And if a magistrate doesn't understand this is killing people, then they shouldn't be a magistrate. Or if you say you elect him, and, and this just gentleman was elected in uh, primarily in the Lawrenceville section of the city, mm-hmm. then, then represent the people of Lawrenceville. But don't handle criminal cases across Allegheny County because right. you're hurting people. You're not helping anything. This is the same guy, folks. Who uh, there was an arrest at the Pittsburgh International Airport. A guy made a bomb threat. It was Iranian made a bomb threat. Yes. One of the air airplane, and this guy let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Without that, I mean, folks, oh, that's pretty serious stuff. Yeah. Too. <laughs> you know, too many people again don't look. Unfortunately, you know, while we love our civic process, we want people to go out and vote, things like that nature. Too many people don't look beyond the letter by someone's name when they take and color in that circle or, or, or pull that lever. And, and that's how we end up with folks like this. You know, what we're talking about here are off-year elections, which are what we're talking about this year, right? But that's how these people get through the, flip through the cracks and how public safety is jeopardized, you know, when it does. Yeah, the people of Allegheny County did not vote for this magistrate to, to represent them on interests involved, issues involving criminal matters. Right. Why? Okay, so why are you forcing us to use him on criminal matters? I mean, if if you want to, whatever your philosophy is, God bless you. I respect that, but you're not going to hurt the public anymore. Right, and I think that's the big thing. Look, everyone can have their own political philosophy, but it shouldn't bleed into the job. No, you're, you know, the you're, job is supposed to be law and order, enforcing the law. Follow the law and protect yep. people's constitutional rights. That's yep. that's it's not that hard. It it takes fortitude sometimes yep. in, in politics, Sam. You know what that you know. Oh. It's hard to find. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It, w- w- with some folks, it is, but it's not hard to find in you, Steve. Not hard to find in someone like Joe okay. Rocky because you're not politicians. You're not doing this because you need a job. You're doing this because you care about the public. Well, thank you, thank you for saying that because it it has been a distinct honor to be the district attorney for the people of this county. And, and, you know, for folks that are listening, you know, I've had the pleasure and the honor of being able to work with Steve over the past number of years on a number of things that he's done out of his office. And uh, one of the things he had done, and I talk about your accomplishments, Steve, was the implementation of technology. Sam, it doesn't get implemented unless you find the money to make it implemented. But can I talk about Bob Sure, absolutely. Uh, So we refer to it as Act 22. It was passed in 2017. It was a whole array of uh, improvements on uh, conviction integrity. One of, the, one of the first things that we wanted done, and this came primarily from Allegheny County, and Sam mm-hmm. was a great partner with, with my office in doing this, is that um, 
we want every officer in Allegheny County equipped with a body camera. The, the legislation didn't make that mandatory. But what we decided to do in Allegheny County is through relationships. Mm-hmm. Every police department wanted to do that. And then they come in and say, well, you know, it's going to take us longer because we can't find the money. So Sam, <laughs> Sam calls me and he says, hey, Steve, I found some money where we can, <laughs> where we can do this. And I said, well, how much money did you find? He says, uh, probably a million dollars. So I said, you're my man. And uh, Sam said, I... And we equipped every police department. I think we were, I mean, I think we're five down, and two of them are, are university police. But everybody but five, that's, that's over 140 police departments. And, and right. thank you. Thank you on behalf of Well, listen, and, and you know, to show, just as you've worked across the, the aisle here, this it, is a bipartisan thing. You know, I have to give credit to County Executive Rich Fitzgerald because he was the one I went to and asked for that money. Yeah, Rich and he, was good. Yeah. And Rich, you know, he stepped right up and said, absolutely. So not only did he give me a million dollars in 2022, he gave me a million dollars here yes. in 2023 because we all care about public safety. And, you know, we're going to talk more about that when we come back after the break because I want to talk about this is also this toll. It's not just, you know, the benefit to, of officers by equipping them with this, but I want to talk about how it can help rebuild that trust with the community. Great issue, yeah. Thanks, you know, man. because, yeah. you know, what's happened across the country, people would see a small snippet of a cell phone video of some sort of interaction, and that would go viral. People would be out marching in the streets. They had no idea yeah. what really happened, what preceded, you know, that small snippet and things like that. And it's, I think it's important to know the full story. And I, the inspiration for that, Steve, came from a press conference you did a couple years ago. We'll talk about that right after the break. Thank Folks, you. Uh, we got to stop, take a break to pay the bills. We'll be right back after. This is Sam DeMarco, your host on The Elephant in the Room. Folks, welcome back to The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. Uh, so this is Sam DeMarco, host, and I'm joined in studio by District Attorney Steve Zappala. And we were talking right before the break about body-worn cameras. And Steve had talked about how many departments in Allegheny County we've been able to get body-worn cameras to and things of that nature. And I was just sharing with him that my inspiration for that project came from two sources. One, I got tired of seeing, you know, civil unrest across this country because someone captured a small snippet of an interaction between police and a civilian on a cell phone camera, and that would go viral before anyone knew what actually happened. And a press conference that the district attorney did here in Pittsburgh a number of years ago, and where he was showing, well, Steve, I'll let you tell the story. You want to talk about the Penn Hills? Yes, absolutely. So we had had a uh, drug transaction that went bad over in Penn Hills, and one of the guys shot another guy. So the police respond fairly quickly. Penn Hills, um, the county police were actually in the area, and they usually respond to major crimes. So they were assisting Penn Hills. So they tracked a guy to a home that's fairly proximate to where the, where the shooting took place. And the guy they're looking for goes to the basement of that house, and it's pitch black. So the officers hit the house. Uh, there was somebody who identified the, the guy that they're looking for as going in the house. They hit the house, and they're trying to clear the house. And he's hiding in an area in the basement. And it's a back room that has all this debris on the floor in front of him. Mm-hmm. So the officer comes down with a flashlight and with a revolver. And he comes, down, he comes down a set of steps. He gets to the basement floor. He's clearing the rooms. He gets to the area where the guy is. He goes in, and as he's, he's encountering the guy, he actually stumbles backwards and falls backwards. 
And at the same time, the guy takes a shot at him, and the shot hits the wall behind him head high. Had he not stumbled, the shot would have killed him. And he returns fire, and, and un- unfortunately mm-hmm. we have the guy dies. Sam, that's just one example of extremely heroic things that but, these guys do on a regular basis. Absolutely. But the important thing, what I took away from that, was you held a press conference where you shared the video with the public yes. so that the people were able to see exactly what took place. And what that did, if we wouldn't have had that, who knows what the narrative might have been in the community because that was during this George Floyd protest, all these different things that were happening nationwide. So when I saw that, I thought, my gosh, here's an opportunity to give officers a tool that could be used in their training. I mean, their supervisors are able to coach and counsel them based upon reviewing you know, footage interactions. It gives the district attorney a toll because from an evidentiary perspective. It's the best evidence you could possibly have. Yes. you know, <clears throat> And I think from the public's perspective, you know, it gives the public a toll because now you're able to share a body-worn camera video with the general public to show them that these officers are doing their job or yes. acting professionally, okay? And in many cases, as you said, are acting in heroic fashion in some cases, okay? And uh, you're seeing what the entire interaction is recorded by and not just what someone says or, or a small yeah. snippet of video. Well, Sam, we had something fairly recently on Smithfield Street, mm-hmm. which is an active area for nickel and dime drug drug trafficking and the guy's in there and he's he's exploiting or whatever he's i mean he's selling drugs to people that identify as homeless and the police officers are watching him and they're going to take him off and uh, as they try to take him off um he's going to fight with them there was a cell phone that gave a snippet of what happened the officers all had body cams and there had been surveillance for a while so there's a lot of video that that's watching exactly what's going on the mayor's office permitted that that cell phone be released so the public saw an, basically an edited version, a right. very minor version of what happened. It was right. very misleading as to the actions of all the people involved on that particular right. day. And it's unfair as hell to the defendant, too. And um, there were, there, rightfully so, there were issues concerning about brutality of the arrest and that type of thing. But if you look at the totality of the circumstances, and I think, uh, I think the chief of police in the city has already come out and taken a position that, that there was nothing wrong with this. Exactly. He's, he's defended it after the fact. After he saw all the evidence, right. I, would, I, would, I would hope. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, a, it's the same thing with the media. They only have two or three minutes to put something on TV. So mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't tell a story. And you, you can't tell what happened in two or three minutes. It becomes a story. And sometimes that, that, that's not good for the public. Well, that's where your office is so important. And, you know, I've seen and I've heard from you your commitment to try to take and make public some of these things as they go forward, you know, in, in your term or your next term here. Oh, is when we elect you, okay? You, See, you. folks, I, I'm telling you what. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm planning. I'm good. At, I'm good at this. If I, you know, ne- next I'm going to work on Powerball numbers, okay? But no, but 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 the point being, okay, is this technology and these tools become available? It's an opportunity for us to be able to share this, you know, with the public when there's something that does occur that questions yes. arise about, right? Yes. But it's like, you know, one of the things that frustrates me is I've tried to tell folks in of the community is when an officer approaches you or you're placed under arrest, just comply, comply. Yeah. If you're offended by what the officer does, then, then we can take care of that. Right. They can file a complaint. Okay. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're arrested, you know, uh, for no good reason, okay, you can sue, right? There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options available to you. 
but don't fight. And officers, once they've placed you under arrest and you yeah, take please. and fight, they have no choice. They're obligated by law. To use reasonable force. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so th this, I don't understand why so many people fail to understand this. And, and this is one of the things that causes it. But anyway, I'm well, I think getting that, off topic here. But no, Sam, I think they do. And uh, one of the things that that's, uh, uh, leads me to that conclusion is that I believe it's the numbers 95% of the complaints against police, mm -hmm. they, they went away. And, and you can use body cams as a training tool. So if, say, for instance, you don't have the bodies in the city of Pittsburgh right now. So you, got, you want to put guys out on the street who are rookies. And they're going to respond to something or a call. It's rel hopefully be relatively innocuous. But mm -hmm. that body cam can send that video back to a supervisor, can evaluate everything that that officer does in, you know, in, in, uh, in furtherance of his career as a mm -hmm. police officer. If he can't handle the responsibilities, then you know right then and there uh, from a supervisor right. who, who, you know, the chief of police obviously trusts that maybe an officer does not have the ability to be a police. That person doesn't have the ability to be a police right. officer. And, and, you know, and I've seen, look, <clears throat> I try to tell folks, you know, with the officers wearing the body-worn camera, he tells the civilian that he's interacting with that they're being, they're on camera. For your safety. And, 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 and it does two things. One. It ensures that the officer is behaving in a professional manner because he yes. knows yes. that he's being recorded, right? And it can help de-escalate situations out there because it's letting the civilian know but that he's guys, also on. Sam, those guys are like everybody else. You just want a level playing field, right? Treat me fairly. You know, it, it, let's it, we'll deal with the truth. Whatever the truth is, we'll deal with that. We always have, and that has been our administration. Well, and you know, like I said, uh, Steve, you've worked very well with law enforcement here. I look for that to continue. Now, if someone wants to help your campaign. Okay, and they want to volunteer or they want to donate. Where would they go to do so? SteveZapala.com. Okay. Please, yeah, please. So you hear that, folks? That's SteveZapala.com. You can go there. You can sign up. You can donate. You can volunteer. I mean, we're going to need folks uh, knocking on doors, need folks making phone calls, need folks working the polls on Election Day, you're whatever you can do to help. Sam, hey, you're the best, man. <laughs> listen, listen, this is a— it's your chance to participate in the civic process to make your voice heard and ensure, again, folks, we're talking about the future safety of the people here in Allegheny County. We're talking about someone who's sitting in this studio here who is pledged to uphold and enforce the law versus somebody who's running for the office who's already told you that he's not going to enforce the law on many lower-level crimes, what he called lower-level, but he didn't tell you what they were. <laughs> yeah, it's very arbitrary. And then he yeah. said his office will never use cash bail and we can see what happened with not using cash bail with the flight of the guy that brought in 450,000 doses of fentanyl. Yeah. The, and, and Steve, let's talk about something real quick. One of the things that's, that's going crazy here is now we're progressing from fentanyl to xylazine. And, and that narc they don't respond to Narcan. No, it doesn't. Actually, it's another contribution from our friends in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of uh, – xylazine is a, uh, is a horse tranquilizer. That is the lawful purpose for which it's manufactured. So what they do is they mix xylazine with uh, fentanyl, and together they're both synthetic drugs. Narcan will not respond to synthetic drugs. So Narcan doesn't work. So people in distress – you can't save their lives. Yes. That is, that's just, man, I mean, but, but it's cheaper. It gets the same high as heroin. It works for, it works for the guys who are addicted. It doesn't work for law enforcement in, in emergency response because I can't help you as, like I did before. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things back, folks, in the, in the, the late teens here, we were losing <laughs> around 700 people a year in Allegheny County. Then we were able to take and reduce that number. But a lot of that was, used with, uh, was involved with the use of Narcan. 
by giving that to our officers, first responders, putting it out there and things like that. Now many of you know you can go to a drugstore and you can buy Narcan. But That's now, another thing you guys did on council. Yes. And you led that. So you and, you and Bobby led that. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, at first uh, the, the police community was resistant to using Narcan. It was kind of mm-hmm. like, well, if somebody's overdosing on drugs, they've made a decision. Well, no, you're there to serve and protect, right? Right. Okay, let's protect. Here's a new tool. Let's use the tool. If it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, then we'll, 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 we'll drop back and punt, you know. But mm-hmm. no, it makes all kinds of sense, and it's just taken off. Well, you know, we got to find ways, again, uh, to help the people that we serve. And, and, and that's why all of us are in, this, in, this, in these roles, okay? You know, and to your point, when we started off the show, we were talking about some of the homeless downtown. You know, and, and the county, and the county, the county has a budget of $3.015 billion, and that's for 2023. And over a billion dollars of that is money spent strictly on human services, trying to help the people in the county that need it the most. You know, we need to have, and I know human services has tried, have, they've tried this from an outreach perspective, to have their folks out going through downtown, you know, trying to survey the homeless and trying to get some sort of understanding and to be able to direct people to where they can get help. I think we need that because if somebody, you know, if somebody from law enforcement walks up to you on the street as a civilian, they can talk to you, they can ask you questions and that type of thing. And at some point, if you don't want to talk to them anymore, you say, hey, have a nice day, <laughs> goodbye, right. and you just walk away. An officer can only do so much in terms of restricting your movement. So, and they don't want to. They right. don't want to do that. They want to, re, they want to respond to crime appropriately. They want to take care of crime, and they want to go home to their families. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, you know, in the time we have left, I, I want to talk about briefly. I want to give you an opportunity. You know, when I've been interviewed as the chairman of the Republican Party, I wear all these different hats. So, <laughs> my, oh my gosh, I, don't I got more. You do it. I got more hats at a hat shop. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm wearing the hat uh, as a chairman of the Republican Committee. Folks say, well, why are you supporting a Democrat running as a Republican? And I tell them, because he's a prosecutor, not a politician. And I can tell them, I talk about three distinct, I think, achievements that I felt that you've made that have made a difference in public safety and in uh, diversionary programs here in Allegheny County. And the, the first was, I talk about the diversionary courts, the things that you set up, yeah. drug court, mental health court, veterans court, and those things. I talk about your focus on victims and how you've brought attention to the people that actually suffer as a result of these crimes. It's a big dif- Thank you for saying that. That's a big difference between me and my opponent because he's never done anything to promote any victim services or any victim's rights. No, and, and I know having gone to the Center for Victims a number of cases, I didn't see him there. No, okay. no. You know, and and God, so, I don't know if he knows where it's at. No, no, but he's out, <laughs> but he's out there campaigning. He's out there campaigning with people like Sarah Inamorato who puts out a tweet that says no juvenile should ever be in the Allegheny County Jail, which leads me to question, well, we have nine over there right now that are charged with criminal homicide. If they shouldn't be in the jail, where would she want us to put them? I'll tell you what, man. It, it, regardless of age, I can identify 30 to 40 kids, young people right now. They're just stone killers. Yeah. They're just stone killers. And, and, and Steve, I think this is the thing that, uh, again, frustrates me, and Joe Rocky is facing this as well. You hear these progressives, they talk about, well, we need to identify the root causes. Ganey's the same way. Talks about, we need to get to the root causes. My perspective is, it's fine for these guys to look for the root causes as long as they'd like. But in the meantime, we have bad people committing bad acts and they need to be held accountable. But Sam, hasn't hasn't that ship sailed? I mean, we we started diversionary courts... Two decades ago, 
We started looking at mental health as a reason why people are in the system. We started looking at substance abuse as why people are in the system. Mm-hmm. And now they just figured this out 25 years later. Right. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you know, yeah, these are problems, and these are th- issues that need to be addressed. Sometimes it excuses the crime that's committed. Sometimes it does not. No. And and that's why these folks need to be held accountable. He, you know, he's a, he Dugan's out campaigning with Bethany Hallam. You know, she's out there uh, tweeting that she wants to free, free them all. Yeah. You know, she talks about how every death death that occurs in the county jail is if it's some sort of act of uh, negligence. And, you know, folks, we lose 15,300 people annually die in Allegheny County. Should we close the Kane hospitals because people pass away there? Yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. We need to do an investigation into every single one. And there are problems with the jail. And I know Joe Rocky has pledged to do a third, complete third-party study oh, you know, of that jail, absolutely, to determine you know, what steps should be taken to address you know, the things that are occurring or that aren't happening there that well, should be. And I talked to Joe about this. I think most fundamentally it's a jail. It's a county jail. It's supposed to be a revolving door and people to be housed temporarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want it to be something else— I mean, do you want it to be a hospital? Then okay, then we gotta. Should it be in the same facility? Do you want it? I don't right. know what else they want it to be. But Sam, it's. It, I mean, it, you know, what what do we want a jail to be? And, and see, I think that gets back to the unrealistic expectations. I mean, the progressive place on our police officers. They want them to be able to identify mental mental health issues and deal with mental ill. They want us to, they to be act as like social workers when they're investigating domestic abuse um, calls and things like that. Um, you can only do so much. Yeah, and I think I think our law enforcement community understands too. They know their limitations, mm-hmm. and so they've always welcomed the other professions to come in. Every the success of all the diversionary courts is based upon partnerships. So, and one of the things, quite frankly, I was counting on when we started this was the strength of our healthcare community, and they came through like champs. Right. So, I mean, we have good partners, and uh, oh, there was a, a professor. Slippery Rock University. It's a graduate course in a graduate course in, in uh, social services, and it really is. It's it's it seems to be you know the upside of it is really huge. They're going to need some training. They're going to need need to be acclimated into situations, very sensitive situations like domestic violence or issues involving mm-hmm. like a, when a child is hurt. Um, I want them very limited in that regard until the detectives from the county get out to assist the the mm-hmm. police, and then. Together, they'll bring other uh, professions and other right. professionals in. Well, I mean, they, I, I, when I talk to police officers in the municipal departments, one of the things they love that the county has is the resolve crisis centers. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, they because love, they're they able do. to call and get mental get assistance yes. for mental health issues. And the, the only challenge that they have is that they don't have enough staff to be able to respond to all the calls, okay? Yes. But, I mean, that, that's a partnership, like you said, like UPMC, you know, provides the, uh, the, the folks there working at the crisis center to be able to respond to these calls. So yeah, we can certainly do something with the social services as well, but I think the officer's first responsibility is just to ensure the safety of the folks that are there when they get there. Stabilize the situation. Right. Yeah. Maintain the safety, bring in the, bring in the troops. So in uh, these last few minutes here uh, and the last, you know, week to 10 days of this campaign, what do you want our listeners to know? Well, I'd, I'd like him to know that, it, and I said this previously, and I, and I mean it, I live this. Uh, being district attorney has been an honor. Um, every day I go to work, I have the chance to truly help somebody. That's why I became involved in politics, because I thought 
government was supposed to help people. Mm-hmm. I didn't really look at it as, you know, we talked about this earlier, Sam. I didn't look at it as being affiliated with any particular party. I don't really care. Um, it's, it's a conversation. But it's an understanding that, in, 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 from my perspective, the criminal justice system is owned by the public. I'm your lawyer. You tell me what you want me to do. I'll give you my best advice, but that doesn't mean it's the, it's the right way to proceed. Usually, usually we agree. And as a community, I think we've done exceptionally. It's only over the last couple of years, and it, I, I attribute that to a different type of government. Maybe some of the things these guys are talking about make sense in the abstract or, or in, you know, philosophically. In theory, in theory, theory absolutely. Right. In, practic, in, in practice, in application, it's been a complete failure. I, I, I would hate to see that come here. I love this town. Uh, Mary and I raised our four boys here, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that it continues to move in a better direction. Well, we, we appreciate everything that you're doing here. We appreciate what you've done. Thank you. And we look forward to you doing it again for the next four years. Thank you for the opportunity. If, uh, no, listen, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you, you know, again, how much we look forward to your participation in trying to make Allegheny County safer. I, I, in all the polls that have been done, Steve, in this race, <clears throat> the one constant has been the number one issue that comes forward in all the polls are people are concerned about crime and public safety. Yes. You know, and as I was saying earlier when I talked about Soros-funded public defenders acting as prosecutors, in all of those jurisdictions, public safety has significantly decreased. Yes. You know, I mean, look at look at look at L.A. What was I mean, Hollywood? What was once this vibrant you know city that people wanted to go to? Now they tell you if you're visiting, don't wear a fancy watch. Mm. You know, keep your car windows closed. I mean, all That's these sad. different things. That is sad. You look downtown. We see tents on Grant Street. You know, I think it was last week, the mayor decides he's going to have a, a walk, invites members of the media, and his team's out the day before cleaning everything up. I they're going to walk. They're not, yeah, they're, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, I well, mean, that defeats I mean, the purpose of the walk. Doesn't right? it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. So, folks, I, I, think, I think if you reelect, I, mean, I know, if you reelect Steve Zappala on November 7th, and you elect Joe Rocky on November 7th, I think you're going to see a whole new example of leadership here in Allegheny County because I, they, they both committed to transparency and to, to talking to you and telling you, the folks out there, you know, what's going on and why. I, I don't know, Steve, if it's been because Allegheny County or the city of, the city of Pittsburgh, one party town, you know, haven't had a Republican mayor since 1933. Yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Since 1933. Uh, you haven't had, well, I guess Joe, Joe or Jim Roddy uh, left office in at the end of 2003. So, but you haven't had a, a, a Republican county executive. Now, this isn't Republican or Democrat, but what it is is when you have a one-party town, too often folks of the same party are, they're slow to take and call someone of the same party out. They're slow to criticize, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening. And I think that you've seen that. I mean, former county executive Fitzgerald actually s- sent and deployed county police to downtown yeah, which is probably an unfair labor practice, right? Yeah, well, yeah, city, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. The city was unhappy with all that, right? But because you felt like they felt like they had to do something well, to address it, public safety. Your point earlier, I think people are concerned about crime because the city downtown, the Golden Triangle, the most beautiful place in western Pennsylvania, has become the focus of bad stuff. Right. And people are looking at that saying, as a region, eh, we aren't looking too good. And, and they're right. They're right. I mean, well, there's some beautiful things. And like I said, Sam, we could we could make this thing happen with the right people in place. It won't take long. No, no. I, and I'm excited about that. So, folks, you know, as we're getting close here, November 7th, 
you need to go to the polls. If you haven't requested your mail-in ballot yet, you can still do so at www.bankyourvoteallegheny. That's bank, B-A-N-K, your, Y-O-U-R, vote, V-O-T-E, Allegheny at A-L-L-E-G-H-E-N-Y dot com. If you go there, there's a site. It'll explain the whole process, and you have the ability to request your mail-in ballot up until the end of day, Tuesday, October 31st. So please, you can do that. If you don't get that in, you need to go to the polls on November 7th. No excuses. Don't want to hear that it snowed, that it rained, <laughs> your car broke You're down. You're tough, man. You got a cold. <clears throat> you know, we, we, we need you to get out there because the far left is going to get their folks out. You know, and, and this isn't a battle between Republicans and Democrats, left versus right. I mean, this is between the far left and the center. You know, both Steve and Joe Rocky have been endorsed not just by the Republican Party, but also by the forward party. Yeah. You know, Andrew Yang, who was a Democrat, ran for president, came in and introduced and endorsed Steve and Joe Rocky because they espouse the principles and the beliefs that the forward party needs to be moved up, lifted up here in government, which is serving the people and serving from the center, not from an ideological perspective. So whether you're on the right, far right, center, you know, center left, you need to go to the polls on election day and vote for these guys if we want to see better days ahead here in Allegheny County. So, Steve, I want to thank you awesome. for coming into the show. My pleasure. It's always it's always great having you here. And uh, Daryl's tough. Daryl's tough when you come in. You know, oh, you're a producer, Daryl. Daryl was the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. Yeah. Look at so him over there. Look, look at him. Look at him over there, man. Yeah. Why are you here? You know. Oh my gosh. You know. Yeah, Daryl. Daryl. Now, Daryl, you're from Mount Lebanon, right? Yes, I am. You know. And one of the things, Steve, this crime has leaked outside the city. Oh yeah. Is going to the suburbs. <clears throat> sure. And I know they're concerned. Is your family concerned? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know? I mean, you can't you can't help but be. I mean, it just as a responsible citizen in the area, no matter where you are, suburb city, you can't help but be concerned about what's happening. Yeah, and and I that's, think that's a shame. That's what that's what's reflected in the polls. And so, folks, again, public safety, good government, lower taxes, all of that's on the on the ballot here. This November 7th. Let me tell you what's not on the ballot. Reproductive rights. Okay? I'm just laughing here. Uh, Joe's opponent, that's all we seem to hear. The county executive has absolutely nothing to do with that. And Steve, I saw your opponent was out tweeting that as long as he were district attorney, he would never criminalize abortion rights or reproductive rights in Allegheny County. Can you tell our listening audience that you have nothing to do yeah. with that? Well, you know, nobody's going to ask our opinion on that because they really it's not our business. Right. Um, I guess the closest we come to that is protecting uh, clinics that would provide mm-hmm. the service. And I think you've always done a good job doing that. And I, Joe Rocky has said that he would enforce state and federal law and not change anything. Sam, we've done it. We've done it through discussions. We've done it talking to these uh, facilities, the people that run these facilities, and mm-hmm. the local police, and say, "Look, if something happens, you, you know, there's a judge on call. He's ready to go. Please, just don't interfere with people. Don't hurt anybody." And right. You know, we'll, and work. we've all told. We'll you also told the protesters, "This is what you can do, and what you can't do." Absolutely. You know. Yeah. So, folks, you heard it here directly from the district attorney, and you're hearing it from me. You may not care what I say, but hey, <laughs> I hope you do. Go vote on November seventh, folks. Until next week, this is Sam Demarco signing off. Your host, The Elephant in the Room on WJAS, 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. Have a great weekend.